Hi, this is Pastor Rob Stone with Duns Creek Baptist Church, and you are listening to Duns Creek Conversations, a weekly podcast about faith, growth, discovery, and the journey that God is leading each and every one of us on. Today on the podcast, we are joined by the last member of our pastoral staff yet to be interviewed on Duns Creek Conversations, our youth pastor, Tim Campbell. Tim wears many hats. He is a blueberry farmer. He is a member of the Putnam County Sheriff's Department, and he serves as the youth pastor at Duns Creek Baptist Church. As you're going to discover today, this is not a new thing for him, and in fact is the way he prefers it. I think you're going to be blessed by this conversation today, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Well, um, we have interviewed Pastor Zach Keller and Pastor Jake Massey on Duns Creek Conversations, and uh, we are completing our pastoral staff today. Uh, I'm sitting down with our youth pastor. That's me. Uh, Tim Campbell. Tim, it's good to have you here on Duns Creek Conversations. Good to be here. Tell us a little bit about uh, your story, who you are, where you're from, and, uh, and what your faith journey looked like. And, and before we jump into that, we should go ahead and say that you, you also hail originally from South Florida. I do. Fort Lauderdale. In a, an incredibly small world, Tim's dad and my dad actually worked together in the late 1970s at the Port Everglades power plant owned by Florida Power and Light. So our dads worked together. 35 years before Both remember each other yeah before before you and i ever ever met one another that's correct and had the ability to work together so um here we are yeah, working small together world. so give us give us your story who, who are you where are you from tell us a little bit about your faith journey well i'm tim campbell i uh 43 years old i am your elder rob mm-hmm. must respect me you're the oldest person on staff i i don't feel it no. My brain still says 23. You don't look like it either. My body tells me 43 sometimes, <laughs> especially when dealing with the youth group. Um, yes, I was born in Fort Lauderdale. I was born into a uh, a family who uh, really cared about young people. Mm. Uh, my parents opened their doors to uh, fostering and then later adop- adoption. But in my year, in my younger years, we would have up to twenty plus kids in our home wow. at a time in Fort Lauderdale because my parents were in an emergency shelter, and they would be called at in the middle of the night. Hey, we're shutting down this home or whatever. Can you take these kids? And my parents would not say no. And I remember upwards of twenty four kids being in the home at the time, hmm. just for short stays. You know, maybe a week or so, but. It was always this constant turnover of, of people, and, and some in some cases they would stay for um, very long extended periods of time. And uh, they always took us to church. Uh, uh, it was a uh, Baptist church down in uh, Fort Lauderdale that we went to. I remember um, my brothers um, accepting Jesus, and I was uh, five, six years old. And I remember, I mean, I remember it just like we're sitting here right now and, and uh, telling my mom, I want to be saved too. And she's like, no, you're too young for that. And I, I, <laughs> I, I remember specifically like running to my bed and just crying on my bed because mom says I couldn't get saved and I was going to die and go to hell. I just knew it. And uh, um, through that experience with my mother and, and all that uh, and talking to the pastor and I just I, I remember these things because I guess you have those snippets of life that you can remember at, at that age and uh, 
And I, I just very, very vividly remember wanting to accept Jesus. And uh, I was baptized in that church, same as my, uh, my brothers. Um, I remember that experience very, very clearly. <clears throat> my parents uh, then made the move from South Florida. We gave up all the uh, 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 we gave up all the foster kids, and it was just me and my two brothers, and mm. we moved up. Actually, I take that back. Just prior to that, we adopted one um, one baby that was uh, left to uh, die at the hospital. Wow. It was a word called infanticide, that where they would just leave. Um, unwanted children um, down in the bottom of the basement of the hospital. It was a thing. He looked deformed. They said he was deformed. Come to find out, he just is of Dutch descent. They have abnormally large heads. Mm. Um, I'm telling you a lot of fun facts today. Uh, but they, uh, we had adopted him prior to moving up here. And So uh, you, you had 20-something kids in the house, foster kids. Yes made the decision, leave Broward County, and we're going to move to Putnam County, Florida. To the woods. Not just to Putnam County. We moved to the woods. We moved to the backside, four and a half miles out of Long Dirt Road, middle of nowhere, uh, Hmm. no AC in the home. Really? Uh, We moved to the woods. So you you moved out of South Florida. And us as kids, we thought it was cool. Oh, oh, of course. But so essentially, and you're also, your family shrinks immediately because you, right. you go from, a, you know, a house of 20-something kids and then now you're down to five. Didn't last long. Yeah. Did not last long. Well, my parents, the other part I didn't say that, most of those uh, um, foster kids were special needs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Down syndrome, a lot of very special needs kids would come through. And, um, so I got, you know, a special place in my heart for those for those people. And uh it's just it was just a cool thing to see my parents uh, mm-hmm. do that. And uh, with that being said, by the time I became an adult, we had taken in an unwed mother. She had her baby, gave it to my parents. We adopted um, mm-hmm. my sister. Um, that mother was actually in the abortion clinic, about to have an abortion, and the family took her out of the abortion clinic. And uh, uh, don't know how much you want to get into it. It was a pastor's daughter mm. in South Carolina in the late '80s. Um, not not looked too well upon. Yeah. Um, and they uh, actually just sent her away, and mm. uh, my parents opened their home for her to uh, um, go through the pregnancy in. And so I got to see some cool stuff growing yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, with that also being said, is I got to raise a lot of kids growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time I became an adult, I had raised kids. I'd seen kids, dealt with kids. I've had my kids, I guess yeah. is my story. Um, and by the time I by the time I graduated high school, there was um, 10 kids in my family. My, my parents adopted a, a set of three brothers mm-hmm. that originally were foster um, kids of ours in Fort Lauderdale. They were just in a really bad family relationship, and the parents would get the kids back and then get taken away, and then they'd get them back and then get taken away. Finally, the state just took them away. And, and they said, where do you want to go? And they said, we want to go to Mom and Dad Campbell. And they called us, and we drove down, back down to Fort Lauderdale, picked them up, and brought them back to Putnam County with us. Mm. So by, like I said, by the time I was um, grown, there was 10 of us. And uh, I graduated. I was in a mixture of Christian school, public school, homeschool. I've, hmm. done, I've done it all. Okay. Um, so I spent some time in uh, 
Christian school, Hollywood Christian school, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And then we moved up here, and we went to uh, uh, another Christian school, local Christian school called Calvary Christian. I don't even believe it exists any longer. Mm-hmm. But then we, uh, my mom, my mom decided to homeschool us, and my mom got cancer. Um, and while she was fighting, battling cancer, we went to uh, public school. And uh, the public school, so I, I would say I had a pretty well-rounded like feel of education because I had lots of different experiences. And I was somebody who loved people. I've always loved people. I loved having friends. The more friends, the better for mm-hmm. me. I was just that guy. I loved having people over and making friends and doing things. And and uh, uh, so I, I found myself liking school for friendship reasons not yeah. for school school reasons um matter of fact i never liked school yeah but but there was a socialization aspect that, that you loved about loved school. it so same thing with church yeah you know, we did awana awana was like the big part of our life like if there if anyone's into sports it's awana for us if it was you know whatever you were into for us it was a wanna. Yeah. How do we so, how do we thrive that? How do we factor that into yeah. a wanna? How do we take your gifts and talents and interest and funnel that into? Well, it's how just do we make what we did. Work? Yeah. Uh, the Awana Olympic Games was the highlight of the year. The <laughs> Awana Camp was the highlight of the year. <laughs> and if there's anything that anybody knows knows me knows it very well, I love summer camp, and it stems from my my uh, love for Awana Camp, and I eventually. Uh, became a counselor with them then I started doing all their um, activities planning I was activities directors for camp and then it turned into where I started running camps for them and um, uh, so I started putting on camps you know from from beginning to end I would uh, it was my my baby and I loved doing that it was a lot of fun so you grew up in you grew up in uh, church environments yes uh, your, dad, your dad's also a pastor? He is now, yes. I, as I growing up, he was not. He worked so, in power plants and got the call probably about the time I left home, um, graduated high school. Mm-hmm. He got the call to ministry and mm-hmm. decided he was going to go work in the prisons. Wow. And, uh, and that was a, a weird transition for us as a family. But we grew up in a very fundamental independent Baptist uh, community. What and what does that look like? So, so for, uh, for our listeners who don't, because for our listeners, I know that's a lot of words. Yeah, right? for our listeners, they just heard Baptist, but you put two words in front of that that are important. I w- if if I had to explain fundamental independent Baptist to someone who doesn't understand it, it's a very strict uh, uh, way of living, and mm-hmm. it is a lifestyle. I, like I believe Christianity is a lifestyle, but it's even a furtherment into that. Well, this is what you wear. Mm. This is how you act. This is what will occur at church. This is what won't occur at church. This is who we will let into our circle. This is mm. who we won't let into our circle. I mean, we were not even permitted to associate with other churches. Mm. That's how uh, that church that I was originally grown up in. So you, you grew up in a church that, that obviously there were, there were a lot of phenomenal things in. I mean, there, there well, was. Well, let me tell you, the Awana program there was fantastic. Oh, no. I mean, for even sure. to, I was 16 years old. Uh-huh. I had a 1969 Volkswagen Beetle, that was my first car. And our Awana program was, I mean, just a happening thing in our community. And I would drive to the, uh, what is the north side of Palaka, um, uh, lower income. Mm-hmm. Um, African-American community and I would load my car up I'm talking about this is 
far before seatbelt laws, <laughs> all that existed. I mean, I'd put eight, 10 young people in my car at a time and I'd make three, four trips a night picking yeah. up kids because the kids wanted to come. Yeah. And uh, we want, and our church wanted them there, yeah. which, which is a, it's a it's very- It's not something you don't always see in this community. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so I really enjoyed that about them. That, yeah. that, that they, and it gave me the heart for what I, I love to do anyways, you know, have fun with the young people and show them that there's a different, there's a different way in, in life. And, yeah. and uh, you know, the Christian, Christian world is not this, this uh, hard, staunch, fuddy-duddy, you know, life. And, and Which is so interesting because you're, you're essentially, through, through Awana, what you're experiencing and what you're wanting to turn people onto is this idea that a Christian life is not this hard, staunch, fuddy-duddy thing, and yet, meanwhile, you are going to that. Church. You're, you're 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 in a church that you would. I mean, you could um, not sing in our choir and have long hair as a male. Yeah, or, so, or a facial hair. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, so, so how's that? It, it would be generous to say they were just staunch and fuddy. I mean, yeah, there, there were some, there were some kind of cultic mentalities Absolutely. there. I agree with that. And and yet at the same time, there's that cognitive disconnect where you're, you're, you're kind of having to separate out what you're experiencing and the ministry you're doing and the impact it's having in the community with some of the things, whether those are just rules in-house or whether those are things that are being preached from the pulpit, there's, there's a disconnect between what is being experienced and what is being taught. I think as a young person, I knew I would have some connection to ministry. Mm-hmm. I always felt that I would do something in ministry. And growing up in that environment, it made me dig into the God's word myself. Mm-hmm. So when I would hear, we can't have drums at church, or we can't do this type of music at church, I would read in God's word and I'd, I'd open it up and it'd say, bang your drums and clap your hands to the Lord. I'm like, how do you bang the drums and clap hands and not have it here? Yeah. So for myself, I looked into those things Mm -hmm. and I found those things and I, I I felt like a rebel, Mm. but I I wasn't a rebel. I was just doing what, what I was reading in God's word, but I was labeled as rebellious. There's not, there's not a lot of kids who are, are spending their teenage years caring for um, uh, adopted kids in the family and foster kids in the family while spending their weeks in in summers uh, involved in ministry and reaching out to the community. There's not a lot of people doing all of those things. Well, now you're making me sound better than I am. Well, (laughs) but I mean, there's not a lot of people who are doing those things who we would think of as being rebellious. And so it's in that environment. But I was rebellious to them, yes. That's correct. So, So then what... What ultimately happens that takes you from that place? So let's let's kind of fast forward a little bit. So you graduate high school and you go to Pensacola Christian College. Pensacola Christian, also College. known as Pensacola Concentration Camp. <laughs> wow, because so, very much the same as yeah. what I was raised in. So guys so, and girls could not touch. They could not even walk on the same sidewalk together. Is uh, you had a bedtime and a mm-hmm. time that you had to be up. Your room was checked for cleanliness every day. Oh uh, wow! It was it was serious. So it was just it was just an extension of your childhood. Yes, it, I mean it wasn't. It didn't wasn't, bother me a bit. And and you're okay with it. 
okay and uh and and it was a first experience outside of my house both level out to be the same thing and i was anxious to try new things and and, but but this thing and that was my option but yeah so it was it was your option but it was this first experience away from your home that looked a lot like life in your home yes and looked like life in your church agreed so after pensacola christian college you come back to putnam county and how do you get from kid who's kind of grown up fundamental independent baptist and yet deeply involved in ministry and in a, a deep personal relationship with jesus that is that is born out with how you live your life and and how you care for people and yet you come home in that kind of you're now 21 22 years old in and essentially you're, you're 19 19 okay Graduated high school a year early mm-hmm. because I uh, worked through some summers. Um, went to uh, college. I did a year at college, and I knew right away that I needed to go to the police academy. Hmm. That was my chosen profession. I knew going into college I wanted to be a law enforcement. I took law enforcement classes at Pensacola Christian along with my Bible schools, uh, Bible classes. Um, I had a passion for law enforcement. I Where was did a law enforcement from? explorer. When one of the stints in uh, public school, I ran into a guy uh, named John Kinney. He was uh, one of Putnam County's first like school resource officers. They had like one or two at the time ever for all the schools. And uh, I ran into him and he uh, struck up a friendship with me and a couple of my friends. And uh, we just thought he was cool and that um, being a cop was neat. And he said, well, you know, the Palaka Police Department has a uh, Explorer unit. Maybe you should guys try that out. And we did. Uh, we liked it. And eventually we went to him and said, he, he and I actually had this conversation like three days ago where he said, I remember when you come to me and said, uh, let's start a Sheriff's Office Explorer unit. And uh, he brought it to the sheriff and... Uh, me and my, my friends were the, I was the first explorer with the Putnam County Sheriff's Office back in 1989. Wow. And uh, so I began riding with deputies, um, working off-duty off details with them, and uh, being on patrol. Like, back then, they would just let us go with the patrolmen and do patrol work um, and just see what they do. And I'd put in many hours in a patrol car, and I just fell in love with it. I just mm. loved everything about it. And knew that's where I wanted to go, much to my mother's chagrin. She did <laughs> did not like my my choice, at all. What did she imagine you doing? Uh, she thought for sure I would be a preacher. Hmm. That's what she had in her mind for me to do. And uh, it so did, took our pastor so she, showing her Romans chapter thirteen, saying, "Look, these are ministers of God. Hmm. This is a this is a good choice. This is a you know a noble choice." And just to get her to be calm enough to, because I finally got to the point where I'm an adult, I can make these decisions, and it was like my first like rub with my my mother, uh, probably ever in my life. That was probably mm. the first rub that we ever had. Was she had an idea of what I should do, and I had an idea of what I should do. And so you started police academy. I started police academy, and mom wasn't having it. Mom was not happy with that. I was still living at home uh, when I moved back from Pensacola. I was working full-time at Domino's Pizza, um, delivering pizza, and uh, 
went to the police academy full-time. So I did full-time police academy, full-time job. And uh, that's the way I made it work. We had a bunch of kids in our house. My parents didn't have money to send us to fancy schools or pay for things. And uh, I was 19 years old. Uh, my dad had to buy my firearm because you can't buy a firearm in the state of Florida until you're 21. And uh, uh, he had to buy my gun, so I go to the police academy. Because <laughs> you had to bring your own gun to the police academy. And uh, that happened. And uh, as soon as I got out, of course, the county sheriff's office hired me. And I spent quite many years there. So you started working at the Putnam County Sheriff's Office when you were 19? 1996. Wow. So you you were 19 years old. What kind of work is there for a 19-year-old sheriff's deputy? Well, uh, funny but not funny story is, I, as you mentioned earlier, I look younger now. I looked really young then. And uh, the sheriff sat me down. I, Taylor Douglas at the time, he knew me. I knew him. We were friends. And he said, Tim, you look so young. And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> but I want to be a deputy real bad. And he's like, well, I got this, I got this idea. And I talked to some people. And so they hired me um, with the idea that I was going to work undercover. And I went and worked undercover at um, high schools in other counties. Uh, uh, like I was, as a student? I, I was the real 21 Jump Street. Wow. And uh, I went back to school as a student. Teachers didn't know. Faculty didn't know. Only the uh, principal knew and, uh, and the school resource officer there. And uh, so I did that for a little while. And... It was obviously for drug purposes, and that got my foot into the uh, narcotics world. And of course, that's a pretty good start into the narcotics world because they threw me in with a drug unit and taught me some things, and went and did some street buys, and you know, really got my 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 interest peaked. And I I've spent most of my career uh, fighting narcotics and. Um, in one shape or another. So this is this is working with the DEA or just individual narcotic units within sheriff's departments? Yeah, yes and yes. Okay. Um, Ocala Police Department, Marion County Sheriff's Office, DEA, Hyda Drug Task Force. I've done all that stuff in, mm. in my time. So, so that's how I started my career, and then I then I came back and went on patrol. And uh, uh, once I became a detective, at some point. Um, uh, me and my wife got married in 2002. She was also in the church that we, I grew up in. So uh, you're still there. You're still going to that church this whole time. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. Okay. Uh, I knew where I wanted to be. Um, I knew I didn't want to be there. Hmm. I had friends. Uh, my best friend at the time, um, Paul. He, uh, his father was a pastor, and but he didn't go to his church. <laughs> he went to another church in Jacksonville and. And he'd be like, hey, there's a bunch of girls up here at this church, and uh, and we'd go to there, and we'd go hang out there on Sunday and Wednesdays and uh, some other nights when they do volleyball nights for mm-hmm. uh, young singles and stuff. And uh, so I really got a good taste of other, other things that other people do, and uh, I liked it. And uh, all the same time, I'm still working with Iwana. I'm still doing a lot of um, activity with them. And then um, my wife and I, got together and we got married in 2002 and we actually spent the first year uh being married working full-time for awana um left the sheriff's office for a little while just, really yeah so, so you'd spent six years working in the sheriff's department kind of building this career in narcotics yep. and you walked away from all of it to go be a missionary for awana yep did it for a year okay and just something that we both really wanted to do um 
we we both loved working with with the with the young people. Um, enjoyed all the uh, fun stuff that we got to show them that hey, there's a different way. It's all that stuff that still drives me today to work with youth. It, it really is. Um, it's just that idea of let me change your mind about what you may think church is hmm. or how church functions or or what that means to your life. And uh, and you and Summer did that together. We did that together. Okay. Yeah, we did it. We did it for a year, and uh, it was a it was probably the most eye opening year when it comes to Christian ministry. In what way? As you would probably know this. Once you get into Christian ministry and you pull back that curtain and you see the inner workings, mm-hmm. number one, you're disillusioned like immediately. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is not cool. And then you get into the politics and then you're like, oh, this really is not cool. And <laughs> and we were going into, uh, you know, um, really staunch Southern Baptist churches here where uh, the, the young and upcoming crowd wanted Awana in their church and and the uh I'll say the uh more uh the older. I'll say older. Yeah. I'll let you say that. Generation. Yeah. We're very set on the RAs and GAs and mm-hmm. and I would be walking into a literal minefield of questions and bombardment of, Yeah. If because it was good it, for me, it's gotta be good for them. And mm-hmm. I mean we would just get roasted sometimes at the front of these churches. In, the, in their minds, Awana wasn't a product of the Southern Baptist Convention. That's and correct. therefore, RAs and, and GAs came from the SBC, so it was to be trusted. Awana must have some crazy whack theology at its core. That and that, that was essentially their that concern. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. So we, uh, we got to experience some really uh, interesting things. Had some great times, met mm-hmm. some awesome people, traveled all over the place, and got to help start a lot of churches um, on their on their journey with Awana, which hmm. was, was was our goal. So why did that only last a year? Uh, ultimately, Awana started to change <clears throat> the position mm-hmm. that I had took, and it got away from actually dealing with the kids and making things fun, and it became more of an administrative role. And so instead, number one, instead that's of, not me. Yeah, <laughs> Instead of helping people and showing them what... Uh, Awana can look like and helping them put together a great Awana event instead it became we want you to work with churches and just make sure that they've got everything they need they get their books they get you know it's very very much it was just a computer Hmm. and you sit down and you're calling churches and it's not what I signed up for. I want mm-hmm. to go to camp. I want to put on fun things. I want to put on big events. I, yeah. Uh, you know me. I love yeah. to put on an event. Um, it's one of my it's one of my gifts that uh, that God has given me is that I can make things fun mm-hmm. um, and look cool. I think, at least in my humble opinion. Um, yeah. So it's something that I've carried with me throughout all these things that I. I it's just something I like to do. So so oh, the position for wanna changes and you go. Man, this isn't for me anymore. And you head, head well, back I was, to the sheriff's I was department. Still, I was still a deputy with the sheriff's office. Our okay. sheriff was very generous. And he just said, you know, stay on and um, just come work when you want to. And, uh, you know, that type of thing. Because I had plenty of years in and I was I was a training officer. I was a detective. And um, I had built a lot of uh, relationships there that, that were good. And so he just welcomed me with open arms. Matter of fact, since I was working with young people, he said, I got this. Yeah, I got a new position that I'm that I'm opening up, and um, I want you to be a detective assigned to school resource, working all juvenile crimes and missing persons. 
And so I, I was actually had an office in a school, but was a detective assigned to any any crimes committed by juveniles um, or juvenile related crimes and all missing persons, which most missing persons are runaway yeah. children. I did get some pretty crazy adult ones too in there, but you know, um, most of them yeah. are runaway kids. So it, it, so it got me into the the ministry part that I wanted and hanging out with young people and showing them hopefully a better life and doing mm-hmm. the job that I that I loved in law enforcement. So that was that was a cool stint. So you're in law enforcement. And at that time, yeah. at the very same time, I wear many hats. At the very same time, um, former pastor of Duns Creek had come to me and said, hey, we're looking for a youth pastor. Would you be interested? So... As I walked out the door on Iwana, I walked into the door at Duns Creek Baptist Church. So the Dun- very same, Duns- same day. You had a relationship with Duns Creek because of Iwana? I did not. I, um, I want to say no to that, and I believe I started the Iwana program at Duns Creek once I got there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So how, how so this was Pastor Terry Wright, who's now at yes. Grace Fellowship. That's correct. He was the pastor at the time of Duns Creek. You're, you know, working, you work for the Sheriff's Department. Terry was the chaplain of the sheriff's department. Yes. That's where the relationship is. No. Oh, not at the time. No. Okay. No. So how there was, was no because relationship. of our relationship that he became the chaplain. So later. how did, how did how did that happen? And what was how how were you on his radar to approach about being a youth pastor when that was a position? Mutual never... people in their congregation. Uh-huh. First of all, we're in Putnam County, so everyone knows everybody everyone. knows everyone. Gotcha. People, everyone knows Tim likes hanging out with young people and making things fun. And then you have people in the sheriff's office that go to church there um, that were actually on staff as well that knew me that were like, hey, Tim, you need to come talk to us. So up until this point, this whole time, you're still going to the same church that you'd mm-hmm. grown up in? Yes and no. Okay. Technically, probably still uh, on board with them, but for the most part, Summer and I were in a different church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Because of the nature of the of job. Because of the nature of the job. Okay. Um, so and in doing be, so... Yeah. We got to see a lot of cool churches. Mm-hmm. We got to see a lot of people in our minds doing it right. We got to see a lot of people doing it really wrong. So we 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 really got a good taste, a good smattering of of what the Christian culture looked like. And that's probably one of the reasons why I, I thought Awana was cool because it could just be for all these different places. Yeah. And I mean, it could be from one spectrum to the other. Yeah. And we got so we got a we got a neat. Um, Got a neat taste of uh, Christianity through that. So you got the experience through that first. So it's your first year of marriage. Yes. You work as a wanted missionary. Yes. Yeah. Where you're in a different church every Sunday, mm-hmm. and because of that, two two kids. Um, you know, you're both in your 20s at this point. I'm not, I was 26. Not meaning, not meaning to call you kids, but you're 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 both still young. Mm-hmm. Um, and for really for the first time, you're really leaving the. Not every Sunday necessarily, but most Sunday experience of being in the fundamental independent Baptist church. And you leave that because of this position with Awana where you're getting to see it all. You're getting to see what church looks like through all different types of denominations, through all different spectrums of, of, of uh, ministry models. And that year was enough to tell you we're not going back. That's correct. To, to the fundamental independent Baptist thing. And that coincides with you're back at the sheriff's department. Terry Wright comes to you and says, hey, we're looking for a youth pastor. Would you consider this position? Yes. 
what was your response? And what was what was your response? What was your wife's response? What what was that conversation like? Well, we, I absolutely knew I was looking to do something mm-hmm. else. I, I I've always been a man of, I got to do two or three things at a time. Yeah, um, I still do that. Um, I think that Summer knew that that's where I would head is to do something with uh, in youth work, but we didn't know where. And when the Duns Creek thing opened up, we went and had a conversation with him. We sat in a couple uh, Sundays at um, Duns Creek Church to see how it felt. At the time, Duns Creek was in what is now our student building. And when we showed up there, there was people, there was chairs in the kitchen. There was chairs in the, in the foyer. And there was people sitting everywhere, just packed out this little building and it was just on fire yeah and uh they needed they needed we were we were started started running a couple of services that ended up being just like that and we needed a new building asap and you know it was just it was just a really neat time in duns creek's um history yeah. um to be a part of it and, and and so you came you came on board and, and built a youth ministry there yes they did have a a small youth group going um uh, karen palmer was running it um, she was a big help when I started and she, uh, she had, you know, a few youth that would come very, um, very regularly. And then when I started, I, c- I can clearly remember the first week I started, they were headed off to camp. She would, she had it and those kids were going to camp. Just didn't care how many kids they had, they were going to camp, which I loved that. I mean, that is almost one of the things that sold me on it, that they were already going to camp. The church was helping them get to camp. Um, I the very first my very first thing I ever did with them was I showed up the day they left for camp. This is how I knew it was. I, I didn't even get a chance to go with them. I showed up and I prayed them off as they left for mm-hmm. camp. And when they got back, I was their new youth pastor. Wow. And uh, it was just a really neat experience from that point on. That we we were meeting in a small room and then it grew into uh, not bragging it's not about numbers it never has been for me but numbers are souls that's the way i look at it uh we'd we'd run 100 120 on wednesdays there yeah. uh youth and uh it was it was it was a neat place and a neat thing to be a part of and uh you know yeah it it is it's just it's cool so that was 2007 uh no. 2003 Four, five, six, and seven. Yeah, I did five and a half years there. Five and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and ministry grew incredibly. I mean, youth 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 numbers are going crazy. You have huge huge numbers. Lots of kids coming to camp. Um, doing incredible things. Even now today, you're you're back in the role you once served at, at Duns Creek as a youth pastor. Started much in the same place I did last time. That's yeah, correct. But. <laughs> But when we when we're out in the community, even today, you and I were at a meeting this morning where we were seeing kids now adults, not kids anymore, seeing adults in the community who were in your youth group, and and so you get to see the longevity of that experience and that influence and the impact you have in the community. But talk to me about, um, and and I'm going to leave it up to you, and we can obviously edit this down after the fact if we need to. But just talk talk to me about what I'm what will say cuss words. What happened, and what was what was the experience like for you? Because 
certainly you you've done a lot of ministry over the years and you've been involved with with a lot of different churches yes but your experience at duns creek seeing that youth ministry explode um was was a very special thing and that's a hard thing to walk away from it's a very hard thing to walk away from so talk to me about let's let's fast forward that five and a half years through all that you saw god do and what was it like to leave that behind Probably one of the most hard things I've ever done in my Christian life. Uh, when anybody that knows me, I pray for flashing lights and big flashing signs and very direct things from God. And uh, I saw the exit sign mm. come on, and it w- and it said now. And I said it's time for me to go. And it was very hard for me to leave. Um, but I was far too involved in the situations on many sides Mm -hmm. and it was time for me to go and I needed a break and you know I I was working many jobs and you know life's hard in many ways much less in my volunteer life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, I did not do Duns Creek Youth Ministry volunteer all the time but they did pay me to a certain degree Um, so now I leave of my own choice. Um, definitely things were crumbling all around us at that mm-hmm. time at uh, Duns Creek. and uh, I actually set off to, to still be a part of church somewhere. And I set out to a little church in Ocala. My good friend, my best friend Guy Wasco. He, uh, he's a pastor in New York City. He told me about this little church in Ocala that he's friends with the pastor of. He's like, I think, I think it'd be a good fit for you. And I went there. I didn't tell them. I, I went to church there for two months before I even told them who I was, what I did. Uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to, I wanted to go to church. Because yeah. I, I had never in my adult life just went to church. You'd always served. I'd even always. From the youngest age. I had to worry about where the lights on was, the sound system acting right. Was um, was anybody uh, you know that needed a, a replacement? Did did this need to happen? Did, did the baptistry need filled up? There was always something for me to do. So for the first time in my life, I was just going to church, and oh how I enjoyed that little church. It was called Doxa. It was a really cool little place, and uh, like the very first week or two there, the people were like, "Come go to lunch with us." And uh, me and my wife and my family, uh, uh, we just went out to lunch with them, and we built relationships that we have to this day, uh, relationships um, that were just fantastic. And we just got to build probably the coolest little family of church that that ever I was a part of. Hmm. And it was really neat, really neat. doesn't even exist any longer. Really? No. The uh, the pastor um, felt the call to go to New York City. Mm. Um, and start um, another church along with my friend up there and uh, they actually asked me to take the church at one time and uh, I I didn't feel they, God they, telling they, me that they had asked you to become the pastor <laughs> yes and now so talk to me about a little bit because that's not that's not the first time people have asked you about that role and it wouldn't be the last time no that, that people have asked you about that role no and i and, and, I, and, and I know that seen... calls in my life and people see it in me i think people see perhaps a little bit of leadership ability and i i love that that people see that i appreciate mm-hmm. that but um 
I always wanted it to be from God. I, I wanted it to be God telling me this is what I should do. And, and I prayed about it. I did not feel that that was for me. I, there was just there was no nothing connecting me to that position, other than their their need of somebody that probably knew the congregation, you know, and mm-hmm. would be neat. Uh, and I, I liked that, but it just was not for me. And I uh, I sometimes regret that a little bit, just because that the the family there kind of dispersed, and mm-hmm. they're all at different churches and. I don't know that I could have yeah. held that together, but it is one of those thoughts in my mind. What if? Yeah. So you, you, you still feel like God wasn't calling me to do it, but but on a personal level, you do go, man, but I, I, I'm i I'm saddened that that church no longer exists. Well, during my five and a half years with Duns Creek, the first time I did, I did I was ordained and uh, through uh, through them. And and the call is definitely on my life to spread the gospel. It is, it is there. Mm-hmm. It's real. I, I, I accept that. What that looks like for the rest of my life, I don't know. Um, I'm open to whatever. Uh, I've d- I did some really cool things with Duns Creek. We did all kinds of mission trips. We went to Haiti. We did mission trips locally. We did mm-hmm. mission trips across the United States. Um, just life-changing stuff um, yeah. that uh, I'll never forget. And, mm-hmm. and I think um, the young people that I took along with me will never forget. Yeah. As with the ones we talked to this morning. Yeah. So you spend two years at Doxa. Yes, I think it was roughly about two years, yeah. and, and then and then there was some time. I know you spent some time attending Anthem in, in right. Gainesville, yep. but essentially there there was there was a period there of of probably six years where it was just kind of not really serving in ministry, but you know at, at this point you had come on staff working at your your mother and father-in-law's farm That's the correct. blueberry farm big so, life changes were happening so so you go from being a detective to being a farmer That's right um, you're still on staff technically with the sheriff's department That's right um, you're still wearing many hats Yep um, well through some of our relationships that was built through Duns Creek um, one of the mission things we did we got involved with uh, Habitat for Humanity, mm-hmm. and our youth group and our college ministry, which I was also a part of at Duns Creek, we uh, we built an entire home in um, two weekends, mm. from concrete to dried in, um, two weekends. It was so much fun. It was such a neat experience, and uh, a bunch of us became sold on helping out with Habitat, and uh, through that experience, over this many years, I'm still involved, and they've asked me to, um, I've been a part of their, uh, I'm on the board of directors for Habitat for Humanity. Um, Putnam County. Mm-hmm. I serve them on the board of directors for our local fair. And I, as you said, manage my in-laws blueberry farm, yeah. which is a, a large undertaking. And now I serve on staff with the Duns Creek uh, yeah. youth ministry. So about four years ago, I, I had been at Duns Creek for about a year. Um, and, and there is a, um, a, a family friend who is, who's a mutual friend. So again, I, I, um, a guy that I knew from doing college ministry in St. Augustine had had relationship to the Blueberry Farm, and so uh, I'd been at Duns Creek for a little while, and you know he he kind of let let y'all know that I was there, and then there was a Sunday that I got to meet you and your family and Jimmy and Vonda, and maybe a few months after that, um, your, your family kind of made the decision to come back to Duns Creek after after all those years. And about a year later, um, we were in a position where um, Gary Taylor, who is now the pastor at Life Church, uh, was was with us as youth pastor, 
And I think for you, again, that just that ability of not not knowing how to turn ministry mind off, not knowing how to how to turn that off, you're kind of seeing some things and going, okay, here's the potential of the youth ministry. Here's here's what it would take. Here's what would need to happen. God calls Gary to become the uh, pastor at Tabernacle, and very quickly it's one of those things of well hey tim tim can do the youth ministry and originally the, the i think the conversation was tim will do it until until we can find someone i believe that was our conversation yeah. yes and then and then it very quickly morphed into actually tim's just perfect to do it and, and the only issue was blueberry season yes that's and correct. so it was a thing of going we'll figure out the 10 weeks you're gone every year if if you'll if you'll be youth pastor the rest of it and then very early on in that there was a conversation of like okay well let's come on staff let's hire you how much do you want to get paid and from almost immediately you were like no i'm not going to be a paid employee at a church ever again like i'm not going to be a staff i was pretty sold on that at the time yes i was <laughs> now now some of that may change yes that eventually that that that, that may change here pretty soon uh, depending upon everything that that shakes out but your um you're now in in your 40s and essentially you come back into this position that you held for five and a half years and watching you do it watching you be a youth pastor to um these incredible teenagers uh it it's it's like watching someone who is who's just destined and gifted for this role you you clearly love doing it kids love you um, what has it been like for you these these last two years, really stepping back into that role? What is what has that been like for you? You know, I don't I don't look at it as like redemption or anything because I, I feel like I served the time that I served back then as as something I was supposed to do, and I I don't I didn't feel any failure, mm-hmm. and um, I I felt uh, maybe let down by. Um, church function mm-hmm. not God uh, but anytime you get involved in uh, ministry you things get messy sometimes yeah things get dirty and you gotta you gotta work through that in your own mind and mm-hmm. uh, work that out with uh, you and Jesus and uh, I got to that point where I was I was content to be to come back and I feel I do feel like I have a uh, an ability. I mm-hmm. always tell people there's no special sauce to youth work. There is a recipe. Mm-hmm. You follow it, and the kids will show up and have a great time. You got to be genuine. Kids can see right through um, insincerity, mm-hmm. and they can see right through contrived stuff. Yeah. So uh, I feel like the group that we have, um, the uh, adult um, leadership that we have built into our youth ministry, is real. And um, I think the kids get it, the kids, um, and the kids buy in because we're bought in. And uh, I think we're at that point now in our in our uh, youth ministry that uh, we are seeing the kids serve in church. Uh, that we're seeing them become a part, um, not actually just our youth ministry, but a part of the church, which is really exciting. It's very exciting to me to see that happen. So. Uh, I've told this so many times over the past year that every Wednesday night is probably my most exciting time of the week. Mm-hmm. I get, I still get it. I'm 43 years old. I still get excited for Wednesday night. Yeah. 
you you come over, you see us. Yeah. And, uh, I might come up with some silly game, and I'm just super excited to introduce the kids to something crazy, mm-hmm. and uh, just to see their reaction, or just to get, um, just to get that one kid that won't normally participate to participate, or to get that conversation started that needs to be started. And I've, I've got, I've just been so blessed to have those conversations just over this past year, where you're sitting there having that conversation, and you see the gears start to turn in their head. Mm-hmm. And you can just look at them. And I'm at the age now, and I have the experience, maybe through being a detective and all my interview techniques and just all this stuff. And I look at them and I'll say, look, I know Jesus is working on you right now. Mm-hmm. I get it. I see it in your eyes. You're trying to figure this you and Jesus thing out. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready to talk about it, I'm ready to talk about it. And sometimes I'll get those texts like late at night and say, listen, I've been thinking about what you've been saying. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's why I do it. That's we- why I do it. We just celebrated uh, high school graduations. Yes. And uh, you had the opportunity to go and see um, some of our students graduate. Yes, good times. Um, and, and we as a church were able to celebrate our graduates. But, you know, my wife and I were talking about the high school students that we have, and specifically the seniors this year that we've seen graduate. And I'm thinking of three in particular. Um, but but there are, are th- there are three young ladies in our youth group who um, I, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that their experience these last two years um, in in our youth ministry, especially before going off to college and adulthood and all the things that lie ahead of them, that these last two years have reshaped, the trajectory of their lives. Uh, I, I number one agree with that, and and feel like that is one hundred percent Jesus's work, and uh, and not only that, these three ladies I know who you're talking about mm-hmm. come from so many different backgrounds. Yeah, from the same background I had in the fundamental independent mm-hmm. circle to no, no church, church whatsoever, yeah. and it's been incredible to watch the young people and and it's just a relationship it's just a relationship between them and Jesus and that's what I try to make it about I always try to make it about what Jesus has to say and it's their relationship it's their personal relationship with Jesus it's never what Tim had to say I never try to make it about well here's what Tim thinks do I put my own opinion in there sure I do but I always try to give them something take home and say here's what Jesus has to say you don't always have to go by what Tim says, but 10 years from now when things are gone bad, let's talk about what Jesus had to say, what Jesus did, what Jesus, the what roads he took. And hopefully, hopefully, if we've instilled anything in them, it's, it's to follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know that you've talked about the struggle with being involved in ministry is that you see behind the curtain and you see all the stuff that goes on. Um, but for our listeners, one of the things that I, I so value about you and one of the things you bring to the table for us at Dunn's Creek is because there is such a wide range of experience, not just in ministry and all the different types of churches you've seen, but such a wide range of experience in your, in, in your life and what you've been exposed to. Is it strange for you now to sit in those meetings where our pastoral staff 
is talking about, hey, here's something going on, or here's what we're dealing with, or here's here's a question we've got to answer, or, or hey, here's a direction we're going to go in as a church. Maybe not everyone's going to be on board with this, but what does that look like, and how do we move in that direction faithfully? There's there's a lot of inside baseball that that you are a part of, and I'm I'm grateful for you because of it, because I believe there's so much wisdom and so much experience you bring to the table, um, a perspective that is different than mine, certainly. Um, but what is that like for you now? knowing that it's something that those that's not the stuff that you're I mean that's not the stuff that gets you going that's not the stuff you're excited about but yet you've you've been faithful to bring um what God has has given you you've been faithful to steward what God has placed in your hands in terms of that leadership and in terms of the voice that you have um to do it in in a way that I think has made the church better I think um I don't want to use the word wisdom, but I believe it is wisdom that comes with experience. Mm-hmm. And so I do bring a different set of experiences to the table. So when I have a management experience or I have a law enforcement experience or even past ministerial experience, and I'm old, <laughs> so I have the years built into me. Yeah. And, and, and you know this community better than most I've of I've been our, a part, and, yeah. and, and you know me. Yeah. I, I I hate the business meetings. I yeah. hate the, the those things. I shouldn't use the word hate. It's so strong, but I, <laughs> I, I strongly dislike them, okay? And Ministry would be better for you if you never had to attend a meeting. Yes, yes. But I get, the, I get the, their usefulness. But now when I sit in these meetings with you and mm-hmm. Jake and Zach and others, and, and I see the sparring start to take place, in my mind, in my investigative mind, I turn on at that point, I already start to figure out how this is going to go mm-hmm. and how it's, I, I already see it ending. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I start to figure out how I can piece mm-hmm. peace back into that. I think you see that in me sometimes. Yeah. I, I work towards, we can find a happy place in there. Yeah. And I think I, I, I do that a lot in my life as I'm a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and we start to, and I'm not talking about we don't yell and get mad at each other. We may get frustrated with each other sometimes, mm-hmm. but I so enjoy those conversations. Yeah. I enjoy the rubbing. I enjoy the, the iron and sharpening iron because mm-hmm. when the sparks are flying, that's when iron is really getting sharp. You don't know what you believe until you're until you're tested on it. Yeah. You don't know how you feel about something until somebody asks. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you really think about whatever situation um, that may be. Um, uh take the uh, gay, lesbian, transsexual uh, conversation that's being had everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, All the way back to DOXA, when I was having small groups with them, and once they figured out that I might know something here or there, we'd have some very serious conversations. And I was telling them uh, back that many years ago, the American church has got it wrong Mm -hmm. when it came to how they've treated. It's never been about what we don't like it's about who jesus loves Mm. and it's always been about that so it's things like that that i've been able to work through in my life and even coming from fundamental independent baptist yeah where that was i mean i can't even tell you the things that was heard or said over that topic and um and then me going but that doesn't fit god's word Mm. and then to the point where i got to be able to tell people 
hey, I think we got it wrong. Mm -hmm. And now I think the church, I really do. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think everybody gets it that the church is on board, but I think the church is on board. Mm -hmm. I think the American church has gotten on board with we need to love everybody. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I, I really think that is true. Now, is that, is that what you're going to hear at every, ch every church in, in the South? I don't, I don't think so, but I think uh, in general, people are getting on board with loving people right yeah. where they're at, no matter who they are, no matter mm -hmm. where they come from. I don't know. Just something I wanted to throw out there. That yeah. I think that um, it comes with experience, and it comes yeah. with it comes and specifically with, your experience in youth ministry. Yes, be, and, because, and times have changed, my friend. Yeah. Times have changed. The stuff that we're dealing with now in youth ministry is not the stuff I dealt with. Sure, so but many years ago. But but I think to that end, I think it's the reason why. Um, I, I think it's the reason why the the LGBT students in our youth ministry feel so at home and feel so loved and feel so welcome. Um, they're, they're still going to hear about Jesus because they're, still they're gonna, people that need Jesus. That's right. Um, and, and so, and so, I think there's uh, there's such value in that of just going. We're going to we're going to lead by grace, and a grace that loves me where I am because and he it, loved me. Yeah, because he found it me. That's right. He can find anybody. So, as we close. Um, I'm, I'm appreciative of you, and I'm I'm grateful for you and your friendship and your time. Um, today, with all that you've been through, and with all that the last 25 years of your life have looked like, what does practical day-to-day -day faith in Jesus? What does relationship with Jesus look like for you today? Easy, Rob. Yeah. Easy, easy to say. Okay, I'll put it that way. Because this is what I break it down to. And I'm saying that Jesus puts the cookies on the bottom shelf for everybody. And I know he does. Mm -hmm. Love people. Love God. Love God. Love people. It's just that easy. Way easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to loving people. Yeah. People are hard to love sometimes. Yeah. People make it extremely hard to love sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes the people in the church are harder to love than people outside oh of the church. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I'll let you say that. But, <laughs> but I'm saying day-to-day -day Christianity, it is a lifestyle of loving God and loving people. Intentionally seeking after God. Intentionally seeking after people. Finding them right where they are. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, Tim, thank you so much for your time. And for our listeners, we will see you next Monday. God bless.